welcome to the Mind Deck Japan podcast episode seven. No, six. <laughs> Welcome back, blah blah blah. What's like welcome back as you as you can hear uh, we have a returning guest. Mm-hmm. You. Yes! <laughs> That's what you can say. <laughs> Telling you what to say. I think this works. This is fine. <laughs> Let's just push on. So the original idea was that is this going to be on weekly? podcast it's about a monthly podcast yeah Philip's not very good at this would you be able to record this once a week mm. Mm. so mm. Mm. we'll see about that but I'd like to do this more so I put the podcast on in all sorts of places in all sorts of wrong places where you shouldn't put a podcast uh, like, <laughs> like on the YouTube and I'll make a Twitter account and a Facebook page and it's going to be t-shirts And there's going to be anti-trash ducks. Anti-trash ducks? We found a mascot of <laughs> trash. <laughs> It was pretty intense. Yeah, there's this picture you can see in the podcast notes. It's a duck that has hockey sticks <laughs> instead of its wings. And it looks so intense. It's doing this signature, like, move, body language gesture that people do for no in Japanese. Yeah, but he's also getting ready to chop the shh out of some recycled <laughs> you can, goods. You can say shit on this podcast. We've said worse things. So, lots of things happened as usual. We'll try to make this podcast kind of swift, because the last episode was about three hours long. So, so hurry up. Hurry up. On this episode, you can expect earthquakes and cycling and ducks and more ducks. Mm. And I'm going to take this podcast to the next level and we're becoming ducks today. But more on that later. So to start today, I'd like to talk about earthquakes. Because before I came here, I was kind of so, like overly anxious about earthquakes. I having the first earthquake experience and stop being an earthquake virgin because there aren't any earthquakes <laughs> in the Czech Republic. So are there earthquakes in the US or China? Yes. Well, I don't know about China. I didn't experience any. But in the US, <laughs> that was a proper but. In, in the US, near California, like we're losing California. It's like sliding up or down. I mm. don't know. Okay. But we don't have them in my hometown Okay. The first time I experienced an earthquake in Japan was while sleeping and I thought I imagined it because <laughs> I woke up and I was overly angry about having to get up <laughs> and then I fell asleep again. I, <laughs> and I honestly thought it was a dream. Mm. How was your first earthquake? Oh, the first time was kind of like the other first time that people uh, associate first time with. <laughs> It was a little shaky and made me feel uneasy, and it wasn't that comfortable. So it, it was weirdly comfortable for me, though. Well, I was in the top, like I was in a really tall building for reasons. 
<laughs> and the building was built for earthquakes, so it okay. started swaying. Oh, but I felt awful. it starting, you know, the floor starting to move. But mm. then I was like, okay, like, am I, you know, am I hallucinating? Am I getting lightheaded? But I wasn't. And it kept shaking. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> so, so then everybody else, no one else was freaking out because they were like, oh, oh, yeah, there's an earthquake. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> but I'm not used to this. And, and yeah, they thought I was a little bit... I guess weird for freaking out, but it was mm. like, oh, well, what the hell? It happened about five more times since then, and all the time it's just like either I'm sleeping and I'm just bothered by it. <laughs> Once I was scared, very I was scared. Like I mean, the well, other I times. mean that time, but then one time it woke me up out of my sleep too, and I mm. sort of was scared, but I was also half asleep. Mm. So you know, like your body is fighting between being like, oh, what's going on? And, uh, <laughs> not awake. <laughs> so. Exactly, no, no, nothing much happening. <laughs> I've also visited an earthquake simulator, which you should definitely should do. Yeah! So they have uh, this lecture about how they measure the earthquakes, and in Europe and the US it's the Richter scale, which I never understood what it actually meant, mm-hmm. but now I sort of get it, it's like the power of the epicenter, so they measure how much power it generates, and then it you can... Yeah, kind science! Of <laughs> page? <laughs> yes. Well, in Japan they have a second... Uh, type of scale, which I forgot the name of. It's called Shindo. Shindo. It was right. Shindo. 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 Okay. So the Richter scale is about the power of the epicenter, and the Shindo scale is about how much do things shake, which mm, makes I no like sense. It's much more logical <laughs> and practical. So it's from zero to seven, Ooh. and they talk about how much it goes to the side and up and down, and they have like different types of earthquakes. So there is a scale. So the maximum number seven of the Shindo scale uh, is described as it's impossible to remain standing or move without crawling. So number seven is you might be thrown into the air. It's impossible to stand still. And you, the only way to move around is to crawl. And I had this experience in the earthquake simulator. Like it's not funny, but it is funny, the description. <laughs> You get into this like platform and there's a table which is all uh, like padded so you wouldn't hit your head and you're supposed to pretend to have a normal conversation so you <laughs> sit at the desk with, with random people I did that with Carla uh, <laughs> so you're like hey, hey, hey. <laughs> like like that like no, not, not really just sit at the desk and then they like slowly like start to make it more intense so it started with level three which is described as felt by most people in buildings but and many people are awakened (laughs) (laughs) then it bumps up to five they have lower and upper five the upper five says that it's hard to move which is kind of difficult so at this point they tell you Try to get under the table, which is really difficult. And once you under the table, they turn it up to seven, which like you may be thrown into the air. <laughs> which they don't actually do the up and down movements; they do it just to the sides. So the table starts like going all over the place, and you're just holding for dear life onto the table legs. It's kind of fun. So <laughs> I've experienced that. And while we were doing this, there was an animation of an elephant with a helmet behind us talking about like earthquake safety. And then he cried and said how helpful it is if you don't have the furniture <laughs> secured to the wall because then it falls and breaks on your skull. So the Earthquake Simulator definitely recommend it. You can do it for free if you're in Japan. Mm-hmm. It's part of the public service, whatever thing. So you should go. 
<laughs> I want to. But I have time. Yeah. Part of this uh, experience is also getting out of a smoked house in a maze and uh, learning how to spray a fire with a fire extinguisher, which yeah. involves a lady doing dances and shouting. Because how do you say fire? Kaji, I think kaji. Mm. So she scream kajida, and then she jumps up and down, does a dance. It's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely recommend the earthquake simulator. So there was a lot of other news, but uh, I don't want to keep this too long. Just very quickly, how are you feeling about the humidity in Japan? It's summer. Summer has hit us hard. Yeah, but I used to live in Shenzhen. No, that's true. <laughs> so is it worse here or there? Mm, definitely there. Oh. It's like it'll be... And you know what? You guys are gonna have to deal with Fahrenheit. So <laughs> it'll be like... <laughs> go convert! It'll be about 100 degrees Fahrenheit. But the feel was 110 mm. and almost 100% yeah. humidity. So you just died. In the Czech outside. Republic it could be 40 degrees, which you have no idea what it is. Yeah. I guess this is the, weird, the most confusing thing to the rest of us, but never mind. <laughs> and you wouldn't feel so horrible because in the shade it would be fine. Like you see Celsius, as I said. Yeah. Fahrenheit. Yeah. Okay, Celsius sense. isn't just better. It's not the norm. You don't just get it to say though. 40 degrees. Oh, never mind. This I is not the first. Fahrenheit. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. So what I do on a daily basis now is I sweat to the point of being drenched. And it's true. It's really gross. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I have like problems with like cleaning the house because when I get in the house, it feels like I'm in a sauna. And my body has this reaction of sweating and it just keeps dropping on the floor. <laughs> so sometimes I go running and the other day I went running and I kid you not, I had to wipe a puddle of sweat from the floor Eww. three times. <laughs> so it's awful. So that's the summary. Japanese products. This week, cosmetics. segments on this podcast. This is going to be an occasional special episode mm. and this is going to be the time I'm going to take this to the next level. I'm committing, fully committing to this podcast campaign adventure. How so? I'm going to convert all my guests to ducks. What? <laughs> I'm actually going to become a duck myself. So on this podcast, we've got the ultimate product of Japan. It's it's called uh, Sumairi Ekusasaizu. Mm. <laughs> so you, you have this bunch of these products in Japan. You might have seen them on YouTube or somewhere. And it's a cosmetics product. This is creepy. It's so creepy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so on the on the cover, there's a face of a Japanese girl smiling so weirdly and she's got holes in her cheeks. Yeah. You wonder why, you might ask. And so you get this plastic tool you use to make your smile better. It's not just any tool. Yeah. So you got all these like shapes and of course there's a duck. So today we're becoming a literal duck. It's like a duck face thing. It's a duck bill. His English isn't very good. It's a duck bill. So you may get like a face <laughs> mask that looks like a cat. You may get a face mask that doesn't fit in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but this one's a duck because, because, can you guess why? Yeah. 
Because <laughs> of anti-trash duck. Yeah. <laughs> so, I was reading about this. There are even like, uh, like this is creepy. Oh, I don't like these instructions. So, I was heck? reading about the instructions. And this is supposed to help you like make a better symmetrical smile. And I was mm. reading the things on the internet and the comments and people like reacting to this. I can't tell whether this is made up or an actual comment. But somebody said that a friend of hers told her that she had a weird smile, that one of her, like, muscles didn't pull her cheeks to the side as much as it should, and it was not symmetrical. Mm -hmm. So this should help you have a more cute smile and a symmetrical smile. Mm. And you exercise your muscles while you suck on an object that, in our case, is a duckbill. Yeah! <laughs> and you're supposed to do this for uh, 10 seconds, in sets of three and once a day in the picture it shows like it's going to dig into your cheeks Ooh, and, comfortable. and lift up your and then inside your mouth it's going to push up i don't know what and make the perfect smile and you're going to look like this on the picture which i'm mm. going to put in the uh, lesson note lesson note fuck <laughs> no the other picture's better that's what mm, I, I put all the pictures <laughs> so there is a picture of what you do with this and then what you look after that so who's going to use it first definitely you okay so <laughs> i'm gonna close my eyes though you tell me when you're ready i i, I can't speak with this in my mouth yeah but i just want to <laughs> look and then you can take it out but please put it in and just like tap me when it's in <laughs> doesn't like hold in. Like, I don't know what they're supposed to do. You can bite on it to hold it inside their mouth. Is it upside down? Is it like this? No, it's not like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's, it's, it's like... Let me try it. No, I'm doing it right. Uh, so, let me... Okay. You can just feel like chans over here trying to get rid of yeah, she's just disinfecting my duck, duck saliva. So it's <laughs> <laughs> so so Chad's gonna put it in her mouth. So it's official. Not only has she returned for the next episode, but Chan has also become a duck. She'd come here say something with this in your mouth. I don't know either. My cheeks hurt. So this is gonna be uh, like conditional. If you if you wanna be on the podcast, go yeah. to go to become a mind duck. So. If you have pictures... We can make it into a song. If you want to be on the podcast, you gotta suck a duck beer. <laughs>
Okay. Don't cut it. Okay, I hope Richard's sucking on a duck bill. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. So, yeah. Uh, if you've got pictures of duck faces, uh, you're gonna be featured on the next episode. Send them duck faces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, send us any duck face. So Get creative. So first off, send us a duck face. And second, if you have this sort of thing from Japan, or if you're in Japan and can get a hold of any of these uh, sucking smile things, just take a picture with them. I'd like yeah. to see you in this. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna put a bunch of pictures in the episode notes, so please have a look at them and send in duck pictures. What? <laughs> Traveling Tips This week on Traveling Tips we're going to talk about what to do if you get to a shrine. There are temples and shrines in Japan. The temples are for Buddhists and the shrines are for Shintoists. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So what's the difference? How can you tell? Uh, definitely the giant gate thing you walk through yeah. Gi- at a giant, Shinto shrine. Giant red gate. It's not always red. Sometimes it's just wood. So, uh, today we want to talk about what to do, which I still don't know. So, hopefully we'll figure it out somehow. Philip, like, always angers the gods, so... <laughs> I just save myself at shrines. I do the right things. So the first thing you should do is not go in the middle of the shrine. The gate. The gate, sorry. Uh, so what do you do? You're supposed to go to either the left or the right. You you go through it. Whoops, it's spit. You go through it, but it has to be to the side. But first, you need to bow before you go through the gate. All right, and so- then you walk. So first bow in front of the gate, then mm-hmm. go to the side. It could be left or right. No, no, you go to one of the sides One of the first, sides, yeah. And you bow. Oh, okay. Don't go through the middle because that's the way for the gods. So yeah. that's what I was told. Bunch of foreigners always walk through there. Okay, so you pass through the gate and what happens next? Then eventually, or maybe immediately, you'll see like this water well place and it's got these long giant ladles mm-hmm. in there. So you get the ladle and you should uh, wash your filthy mouth mm-hmm. and <laughs> cleanse yourself before you approach the shrine. So first you take the ladle and you pick up some water. And then you pour some of that water on your left hand and like rub it around. But don't pour the water over the sacred place water thing, no. which I did the first time. And I spilled the dirty, filthy gaijin water back into the sacred water pool. Okay, he's messing up the steps. Just first, pick up the ladle. Second, fill it with water. Third, put some in your left hand. Fourth, rub it around mm-hmm. in your left hand. Then put some on your right hand. And, I mean, put your switch ladle. Switch hands. Switch hands, put the ladle in your left hand and pour some water on your right hand to wash it. And then you switch back to your right hand. Then you pour some more water in your left hand. And then you're supposed to rinse your mouth with that water. Mm. But I just 
blow out some curse words into the water and <laughs> hope it catches them and then I drop it. <laughs> so the last step while washing is uh, you tilt the ladle upwards and let the water that remains in the ladle trickle down the handle of the ladle so you wash the ladle itself. Yeah. Once again don't do it above the water <laughs> where you shouldn't drop filthy water <laughs> which I did. Yeah so then you're cleaned, cleansed, ready to get closer to the shrine. Yeah. And then there's another gate you gotta pass, but it's like a regular, it's it's a normal gate. It's mm. like a door, mm. but it's open already for you. But you can't pass through the middle. You pass to the left or the right, but if you're on the left side, you need to step over the door sill thing with your left foot. If you're on the right side, you step over it with your right foot. It's complicated. <laughs> so finally you approach the shrine and you should get a five yen coin ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's five yen, goen, because uh, goen in Japanese means many things. One of the meanings is relationship or future or fortune. So basically uh, it's like good luck. So for good fortune it's uh, the five yen coin with the hole in it. You can do it with any other coins, but that's what people usually do it's for good luck. Mm-hmm. So you get the coin ready and you come closer to the shrine. Then you bow. After that you cost the coin in the face. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> you throw the coin into a place for coins. It's like a pit. In a pit of coins. Mm-hmm. Then you need to clap your hands to twice. But lightly. Like, like, like palm first and then your <laughs> fingers meet at the top you might feel really weird about it but it's like <laughs> okay <laughs> that's not how i do it and actually before the clapping if there is a rope you can ring just you can ring the bell or something yeah. so that's supposed to signify that you're uh, you have arrived to like tell the gods uh, you've come to the to the shrine mm-hmm. so after the two claps you uh, hold it oh okay you okay. hold it there and you pray about something Okay, so after you've prayed, then you bow again and leave. Yeah. Ah. And then when you leave, you better step back out the door. You know, if you're on the right side, use your right your right foot to step over the sill. And if you're on the left, use your left foot. And then don't you dare touch the cleansing area again. <laughs> you just leave. And don't walk through the Tory gates again. You just walk around them. <laughs> But if you must walk through, you don't have to bow. Don't look back at the temple. Don't. You just go. Okay. So basically, <laughs> just just go behind somebody who's Japanese and follow what he's doing. Just copy him. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> so just watch the people in a line. If it's a popular shrine, there will be a line of people. You can see them do it over and over again. So you can learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the Shintoist shrine? That's the Shinto shrine. And then There's the, no rules about the other the, the temple. Yeah. You just go in there. You just do what you want. For the Europeans, <laughs> it's kind of funny because the symbol on the map or any other place for a Buddhist temple is a swastika that's flipped upside down. And especially if you see a GPS. Uh, I've been to a car and on the GPS there are symbols of swastikas all over the place. <laughs> and my friend in his car has... Uh, he doesn't have an arrow to indicate where he is on the map, but he's got a raccoon. That looks Ooh, like... Cute. <laughs> looks like a raccoon that's looking for a secret fascist base. It's so <laughs> weird. <laughs> so you can see a picture of this in the podcast notes, by the way. Don't be afraid to visit the shrine. 
That's it for tips today. On to the next segment. Language work. So this week on the language quirk, you've got a wonderful expression that's got a long history. It started with my roommate and me asking him to do stuff and answer questions. And I would ask him, do you want to like eat breakfast or lunch or dinner I make? And he said, And then he left. <laughs> and he wouldn't say anything. <laughs> so this was just an incident I thought wouldn't repeat itself. But then it got out of hand. <laughs> and recently we've met this guy who <laughs> we just... So anyway, uh, the Japanese people like to say no, but they cannot say no. Mm-mm. So what do they say when they want to say no? Yes, but... <laughs> <laughs> right, so that's, that's... <laughs> So that's one thing we did on the podcast. But they also say kekko. It's not really no. You're saying you're fine as you are. Okay. So kekko this. It's fine. The situation is fine. You don't need to change anything. Hmm. Do you want chopsticks? No. So you use kekko this. Right. Just I'm okay. It kind of makes sense, but the mm thing is getting like too ridiculous. So, you know, do you remember that other guy that we met? We both met him at different times that had really intense. Mm? Mm. <laughs> do you know who I'm talking about? I'm not sure which one it's like this. So, guy. I think if I really get into it, you'll know. So, this guy. <laughs> You'll tell him something in English, mm. and he really gets into the the meaning and the details, but to an unnecessary level. <laughs> For instance, if if you tell him something like, "Hey, another way to say how are you is how's it going," he'll look at the words and he'll <laughs> be like, "Oh." Mm. <laughs> Tell him more. Uh, I might know who same, it is. I'm pretty sure you do. Because <laughs> then you'll add more details. And he'll also re- keep repeating it to himself too. Mm. How's it going? How's it going? Mm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and God forbid you tell him more. Like, yeah, you can also say, how goes it? And, mm. oh. It just starts again. <laughs> so I mean, it's not really saying no, is it? It's just being surprised. But but he he's uncertain at first. It's many things. So mm. there's a no in there when he's like, mm, mm, that one's no, I don't think so. Mm. And then of course the oh is the okay, I agree. Yeah. And then the mm, is the mm, no, no. 
Not yes. right. Yes, we might get a conversation <laughs> that's based just on being uh, saying these sounds. So one day I asked my students, or a student, and I asked her, "Do you like Star Wars?" And she said she just watched it. Mm-hmm. And I asked her, "Did you like it?" And she yeah. said, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, she, <laughs> and she kept going like for a minute, and she was like. Mm-hmm. And then she looked at me in my eyes, like straight in my <laughs> eyes, and she did. She nodded at the same time. She was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. and that was the end of the conversation. But I didn't get any. <laughs> and, and I was just okay. So it was shit. Was like, yes. <laughs> I didn't say it was shit, but I said you didn't like it, and she just nodded. So I got everything she wanted to say. So yeah, it's very difficult to say no, I guess, for Japanese people. <laughs> Even though textbooks just tell mm. you it's like, yeah, no, they're lying to you. It's mm. <laughs> mm. or mm. <laughs> So the other sound we accidentally made is oh, and that's uh-huh. that's what happens when you like want to be interested in the conversation. Mm-hmm. It's really polite to say something when mm-hmm. you're listening. So people can just say saw this or saw this car, but people don't do. But, but no, they, they lie to you again. They never say that. They just do. Oh, oh. <laughs> and sometimes if it's like a really serious, like buff guy, like this football player I I met, he just makes it in a deep voice and just tries to look all serious while doing it. So you tell him something surprising, like the beer in the Czech Republic costs almost nothing, and it's like oh. <laughs> 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 so then I sort of made fun of it and when he told me something like that he loved to tackle small Japanese men when he plays football what? <laughs> I also did like oh and, and, he, <laughs> and he didn't laugh he thought, he thought it's fine it's like normal <laughs> so, so you get into this like cacophony of sounds yeah. oh there's one more and I didn't tell you about it before I totally forgot There's one where they continue the oh with kind of an okay, 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 but they don't say okay. They go oh, 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 oh. (laughs) 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 and it slowly like turns more and like more and more like it will change, but Mm. it doesn't. It's just oh, 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 oh. It's very, um, yeah. yeah. So I'm afraid I, I'll just start doing it. I think I'm already doing it because I'm trying to support the students and encourage them yeah. to speak more. I often say, mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think I do it even outside of the lesson. I just do, mm. <laughs> And sometimes I want to be really encouraging. So when they tell me like their stories, they're really exciting. <laughs> I always ask them like, How's the weekend? And what's the big news? And they're just like, I went to a swimming pool. And I'm like, oh. But what I mean by mm is just yes. But what they mean by mm is no. <laughs> <laughs> so it might be horribly confusing. Like one of the biggest challenging challenges to explain to a Japanese student Is that in the US and in Europe, when you say, mm-hmm, it's yes, mm-hmm. and you say, mm-hmm, it's no. Mm-hmm. But in Japan, it's just, mm. 
but it's even more confusing now because in Japanese, mm, it's yes, mm-hmm. but mm, probably no, isn't it? Isn't quite done right. It's it's mm. okay, mm. and that's yes or no? Yeah, that one's yes. Okay, mm. so, so it's to be more intense, like mm. <laughs> and no, it's mm. okay. That's awful. It's like awfully confusing. <laughs> even worse than when people not. Oh, actually, that. no. Maybe I have this option. Oh, yeah, I do. It's mm, is yes. Mm, is no. Mm, is no. No, no but mm, mm, is no. Yeah, but mm, those, those are no's, but mm, is yes. It's a uh, different fuck. sound. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think it's been enough about mm. I was about to say more, but I feel. Okay. What happened last week? On the news from last month, too many things. We should be doing this podcast more often, because <laughs> too many things are happening and I keep forgetting them. One of the things that's been changing, I feel like, is how you recognize people. I finally feel like uh, I can tell who's uh, Japanese, Chinese, Korean, Filipino. Can you tell uh, them apart more? I can tell individuals apart because I'm not racist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> And what's weird to me is that I feel like I recognize foreigners less. Like if I are standing in the subway and I see a, like an American guy or any guy who's white and has a beard. And the next time I see him, I'm like, oh, it's that guy. Or not. Maybe. <laughs> But, so there are loads of foreigners. And every time I see a new foreigner, I feel like it's the same person. Because he stands out in the crowd so much that I feel like it's just, they look the same now. So... <laughs> I think I'm broken. But you don't feel like that, do you? No. <laughs> They don't look the same. In fact, I instantly noticed the foreigners like, oh, there's another one. They're like me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So another thing that's kind of bugging me is uh, everything's too clean. And I feel like I'm missing... It's not that clean. It's clean. <laughs> for my taste and my standards. And I don't mean the houses. I mean the streets. Like, there is no dirt in the streets, and there isn't much dust. I'm used to seeing dust all over the place. When it's dry, so when the wind blows, it just blows dust. Or if you touch, like, a closet on top, you get dust on your fingers. But not in Japan. In Japan, there are miniature dust tumbleweeds. (laughs) They're everywhere. (laughs) Like, if you see a room or a parking lot, I go to this bike parking lot, And in the corners, on the floor, there are miniature tumbleweeds of dust. <laughs> because, <laughs> because it's so it's so moist and uh, humid that the dust like clumps up and makes miniature balls. And it, the wind blows it to the corners. So it just like automatically cleans the street. I hate tumbleweeds to dust. <laughs> it's everywhere. <laughs> and people don't notice it and pretend it's not there. But that's not the point. The point is, you walk on the street... Sometimes it's raining and there is no mud, like the puddles on the street are crystal clear. And you step on them and it's just clear. I miss mud. <laughs> I have a serious problem. I have a dirt deficiency problem. 
I feel like I need more dirt in my life. I like running. I love especially running in the rain. I like having dirty, worn-out clothes and old shoes and running in the mud and getting like dirty and not worrying about where I go. I tried doing that twice in Japan and I came back crystal clean. <laughs> I don't understand this. <laughs> so now I'm just like, I have to have more dirt in my life. I have to find a place where there's mud. So I got overly excited on the trip to Osaka and Kyoto with uh, Adam and Martin. Like, yeah, there's no mud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kept stepping on it. <laughs> they were all weirded out by that. <laughs> also, people have clothes that are too clean. Like, there's never, never dirty clothes. I have to see somebody with dirty clothes, goddammit. So I saw this girl on the subway once, and she had her top collar button undone, and there were some drops of rain on the white shirt. And I looked at it, and I was like, yeah, that's, that's, some, that's, that's the shit. <laughs> Finally, some dirt on this shirt. <laughs> I can't deal with you. So I don't know what's happening to me, but I just—if you see me in Japan, just pack some like mud in the pockets and smudge it all over me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just um, ignore his request. Just <laughs> so that's how I feel. How I've been feeling recently. And another uh, pet peeve of mine is uh, running, cycling, and over <laughs> and transport. So I've bought a bicycle. It's been a really cheap second-hand bicycle. And I've been run- riding my bike everywhere. It's really comfortable, really convenient. I really recommend it. My bike cost 5,500 yen. It's like nothing. So, first off, if you're Japanese, you can't ride up any hill. It's insane how snail-like the Japanese are on the bicycles. They can never extend their saddles high enough, so they all hurting their knees. I can't see it. And also, they're so slow, you just have to keep overtaking them. And they're scared of you because, like, I kid you not, I go like 10 times as fast as a Japanese person on a bicycle. Mm-hmm. It's so strange. And the other day I went shopping and I had to overtake a car on a bicycle. I've never, <laughs> told them. I've never overtaken a car on a bicycle. It was so strange. And he didn't stop. He didn't... He wasn't, didn't look like he was looking for something and being slow. He was just driving, but he was fed <laughs> up with it, so I just overtook him. <laughs> so strange. And the worst thing of all is how people run in Japan. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to do this, but I guess I'm just going to show you and you're going to do, describe what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I go running once a week, sometimes more, sometimes less, but I meet loads of people running and the people can't run in Japan. I don't understand why. <laughs> they can't properly do any running style. So give me an example so I can uh, explain, I guess, to so, the audience. So there are different levels to this incapacity. So the first... <laughs> <laughs> the first problem they have is that they run and it looks like this. Okay, I'm watching for you guys. <laughs> basically, basically, if you think of like a penguin running. They run sometimes. So think of a penguin running and how they're kind of like floppy and waddling and there's no rhythm to it. It looks like they're about to fall down. That's what it was like. <laughs> the problem is they don't move their arms. They just have their <laughs> arms all the way down and they don't lift them up. Yeah. So sometimes they overcompensate this problem <laughs> and they start lifting their arms up. I guess they just saw it that somebody do it like oh, me. You gotta show me. And they do this. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, they like they, if if it's as, as if they were flipping pancakes with their with their like palms, so they just keep like overly 
pushing their arms on the left and the right. So it's like they're kind of, if you can imagine, like you suddenly like like slap the mosquito or something on your other arm, but they keep like oh, not like all, all the way like that, but they keep like flipping their arms to the side. Okay, well halfway in between mosquito and pancake flipping. <laughs> <laughs> Another problem is their shoulders are so stiff and their arm is so stiff, so they keep doing like this. Like if you're. What about that one guy we saw? He ran like sort of. <laughs> well, it's one in a million. It's <laughs> not all of them. Except like this one guy, he kept lifting his shoulders up really high and like not quite in the rhythm with like his legs. Yeah, it doesn't fit it the rhythm like... of the legs. So there are different variations of this problem, but they never keep their arms up. Like when I run, I cut my arms through the air in insane breakneck speed. <laughs> I like I ride like in the Matrix while they're in the lobby scene with the music blasting and like bullets flying behind me. They run like a professional, awesome-looking person, but they just can't do any of this because they have their arms really stiff and they just run like. Yeah, sometimes I feel like they realize it's sort of bad, so they overcompensate and they try to like run with their arms like at their waist. They don't put them up. And sometimes they feel like it's getting uncomfortable because it is fucking uncomfortable. So once in a while they just flip their arms up. So they do, like, <laughs> they do all of these we described, but at once. So they run with their arms down, and once in a while, like every every fifth step, they like one of their arms they just do like <laughs> a pancake flip. So weird. <laughs> I so, have yeah. not actually witnessed this. Yes, I only, you have. <laughs> I only witnessed the shoulder guy, so I I can't like confirm any of this. Yes. <laughs> so if I ever was interested in a Japanese girlfriend, the first thing <laughs> I would have to make sure she can do is I would tell her, I go out with you. Just could you run like <laughs> for a bit? You give her a running test. Yes. First. <laughs> You can't deal with any of this. So if you want to be my friend, just learn to run. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so other thing with uh, cycling, I uh, bought a bicycle and the Japanese people are so nice, I can't believe it. I went to this guy who sold secondhand bicycles and it was so cheap. And he gave me a free lock and a free headlight on the bicycle. So nice, I don't understand. And then I went to another bicycle shop and I bought a helmet, a spare tube, inner tube for the tire, and a lot of other things. And it was at Don Quixote, which is this discount store. But the shop for bicycles is on the other side of the street. So you get out of the big shop and you get to the small shop on the other side of the street. And you buy all these things. I got like five of them. And I went to the counter and I asked, what do I do with this? And he said, oh, just pay there on the other side of the street in the big shop. <laughs> and I was standing there and he was just minding his own business, business. And I could just walk out the street on the street and just leave with all my things in my yeah. hands. If this was uh, the case in the Czech Republic, the store would be empty in the first five minutes. I was kind of feeling weird. I'm not stealing. It was so strange. I don't know if I'm such a bad person or anything, but it felt so strange that I could like walk down the street with all these things without anything, nobody watching me now, no receipts, nothing. Just walk all the way with all this <laughs> shopping basket thing. And then you pay there and it's fine. So obviously I haven't stolen anything, but it was the weirdest feeling. Like 
I felt like the Czech peer pressure. I should steal something. Right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad to say it, but it's true. Like all these shrines and all these shops, nobody watching it. Nobody. There's no security. So even after four months, it still amazes me how people don't steal. Yeah. <laughs> so that's about it about uh, cycling and running and stuff. Food and drinks. This time on food, we have a piece of vegetable. That's the first. Mm. I always ask my students what is the worst food and what they hate the most in Japan, and this always comes up. It's called goya, or Mamordica tarantia, colloquially col- col- colloquially <laughs> known as bitter melon, bitter apple, bitter gourd, bitter squash, balsam pear. Balsam pear. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a super villain again. <laughs> Anti-trash duck versus, versus balsam pear. <laughs> so anyway, this is a cucumber. It looks like a cucumber. Is it a cucumber? It looks like a cucumber to me. It doesn't look like <laughs> a cucumber. It looks like a cucumber mm. that was injected with the T-virus from Resident Evil. Mm, and it's grown loads of tumors. Yeah. Uh, what would you describe it? Do you want to keep it PG? No. It looks like a zombie dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looks like. It looks like a T1 virus zombie dick. Uh, it's just like if you pumped a bunch of fluids into a cucumber and it's just like puffed up. It's like a buff cucumber, I guess. I don't know. It's strange. And you said you had it before. Did you have it in the US, China, or no, Asia? I had it in China, but I didn't eat it raw. I mean, it was hmm. cooked in something, but I mean, I didn't like it either way. So usually you would find it in curry or place in any food that you could put vegetable, like stir fry or something, and it's also pickled. I might have eaten it, but I didn't notice. And people also eat it raw, and that's how they hate it, supposedly. Yeah, it's so terrible. We have it here, so we should try it. No, well, we? Yes, we should try it. Mm. <laughs> Mm. So, I got it open. Mm. Mm. Oh, there's a seed in it. Yeah. So. It even smells bitter. Smells yeah. o- <laughs> smells okay. Yeah. Smells okay. It smells like grass. Grass? Yeah, it smells like grass. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I just cut out this seed yeah. part. So. I hope you all hear my disgust. <laughs> I'm not eating that big piece. For science. It's, it's huge. I'll lick it. I'll <laughs> lick it. Yeah. I'll lick it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bitter. Ew. <laughs> kind of scared to try this, actually. <laughs> so bitter. It's yeah. bitter? <laughs> 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 It's, it's awful. So bitter. That's the worst thing I think of ever. This is worse than when your mom washes your mouth out with soap. She ought to just make <laughs> you eat bitter melon. You never curse again. Hmm. Does So bitter. Maybe the most bitter thing I've ever eaten. So I, I always want to try this because they always have it in grocery stores. I even seen it in the Czech Republic. 
I never knew what it was. So Goya, sour watermelon, bitter watermelon. It is fine. Don't worry. Mordica Tarantia. Colloquially bitter melon, bitter apple, bitter melon, bitter gourd, bitter squash, fossil pear. Mordica morbid tarantula. Mordica Tarantia. Sounds like a bunch of it. Just sounds like a morbid tarantula. So we would like to tell you more about this lovely vegetable. You can find it all over Asia, but there isn't much to know. Just it looks awful, it tastes awful, it smells awful, and even in it, even if it blooms, it looks weird and awful. So. The moral of the story is: if, if for whatever reason you want to eat it, you better cook your zombie dick beforehand. <laughs> Don't eat it raw. Okay. On to the next segment. It's the brand name of the week. Get ready, it will be weird. You ready to get cut, punk? Do you want to look amazing and fabulous? You think you endure these razor blades? Highlights, braiding, neatly trimming your manly beard? Getting cut. It's a passion. It's a journey to enlightenment. Mm, come get your hair cut. You'll be beautiful. The Paris Cut Club. Paris Cut Club. Japanese video. This time on Japanese video, I'd like to talk about my favorite creepy, weird mascot of Japan, Gudetama. <laughs> it's a yolk in a egg white with his bare ass out. <laughs> Making weird sounds. Begging for soy sauce to be squirting on him. It's so weird. And <laughs> there is a television show. There are plush toys. All sorts of weird crap, including a cafe. Yeah, we went to the cafe. And I was just so creeped out. I couldn't deal with any of it. <laughs> I walked in. And there was all these decorations. There was Gudetama on the floor, Gudetama on the ceiling, Gudetama everywhere, plush Gudetamas, Gudetamas with ears. And then there is this guy with a like leotard in <laughs> <and> the <laughs> color of an egg yolk. And he's all over the menu and he's doing like yoga. But it's like, it's like ridiculous like cartoon yoga like he's in a weird position that i don't think anyone could actually get into this is the weirdest <laughs> shit ever i so it creeps me out <laughs> and there is a television show you can watch on youtube so i'll put all of this in the show notes by the way he so makes I have to all the this. noise of <laughs> <laughs> so bad so this is from the creator of hello kitty 
he's done uh, Hello Kitty and became really famous, and after that he's made a croc, a croc, a frog character. It's it's called Kero something. He's basically the Dr. Seuss of Japan. Like he just went off his rocker and started making some creepy hmm. thing. So the latest one, or I think one of the latest ones, is not that old. Is Gudetama, and uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to say. So to give you some actual information, the creator's name is Santorio, and he's been making cute characters since 1963, and he's made over 400 characters. The best, well-known, most well-known is Hello Kitty, that's from 1974. Other characters are that are famous is, for example, Keropipi, or Keropi, Keropi. 1988 is this omatopa omatopia how do you say that basically these words anomatopia anomatopia <laughs> so gude gude is what you say when you're really lazy and don't want to do anything and then tamago means an egg so if you put these two together it's gude tama so it's basically an egg that doesn't want to do anything and it's a star of short animation series and uh, it's got hundreds of episodes So there is a recurring character called Nisetama-san and it's a young man dressed in a yellow suit that's the leotard I talked about with his face exposed and uh, these two wonderful creations just have a series together. So you should watch this video I'll put in the podcast notes and wonder how amazing Gudetama is. And if you ever come to Tokyo and feel like you want to be creeped out You should uh, go on a train and go to Yokohama, and not far from the station, Yokohama station. There is a cafe we visited, and it's a sight to be seen. Any other comments about this cafe? I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Thought of the day this time is Does the climate decide your job for you? What? <laughs> so lots of people were telling me that all these thoughts of the day are shit and they can't understand any of what I mean. <laughs> I don't mind, I don't care, but anyway, I decided that this time is going to be short, clean, fast and easy to understand. So <laughs> The thought is that I really feel like if you live in a country with a hot climate, you have different types of jobs that in a climate and place and country where it's really cold and ugly, like uh, Russia, for instance, or northern countries, or Czech Republic even, or London, or Britain, they 
have weather where it rains a lot, it's kind of unpleasant to go outside, it gets dark really quick in the winter, so you get all this time to spend inside. And that means it's a bunch of hackers and programmers and people who are depressed at home and thinking of theories and being also, physicists. that's how they made CERN. Yeah, <laughs> so that's what I feel like. And then you go to Thailand, where I went a few years ago, and all the people are so happy and light-hearted and like frolicking around. They never think about computers, and if they ever think about computers, it's just to go to an internet cafe and play Counter-Strike or League of Legends or something. I should be more hip with the children, so <laughs> Fortnite's also old. Yeah, Apex Legends. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what do you think about it? Do you feel like if you lived in a country that was really sunny, uh, like in Thailand there's never winter, it's always hot and warm, do you feel like you would have a different life and you would be, I don't want to say more stupid, but less like... Uh, motivated to study and have technology in your life? I mean, doesn't it already kind of work that way? So also, I feel like that people who live in countries that have more sun are more optimistic, upbeat and cheerful. Do you well, think that's like this? They, yeah, so that, yeah. That's because they're getting vitamin D. That's, that's <laughs> an obvious factor if you know science. Yeah, and you don't know science if you live in another country. Not you. I mean, if you don't, ah. if you don't live in a country without sun. <laughs> so that's what I meant. So I don't know. Icelandic people are pretty happy. They get no sun and they have a lot of super talented people that come right out of there. So I guess it just depends on what you make of what you have. So... Hmm. I'm not so sure it's that influential. So, anyway, just to keep this short, the question for the listeners is, if you uh, lived in a hot country, would you feel like you would do less science, less technology-related stuff? And if you do live in a country where it's really hot and sunny outside, do you understand computers? That's the first question to ask. <laughs> okay. Silicon Valley is pretty uh, hot, sunny, really good weather, and that is the place where you have hmm. nothing but technology. So that's it for this uh, photo today. Hopefully it's more understandable. music. Thank you for listening. It's another song waiting for you. And uh, hopefully see you soon in the next episode. Yeah! Mindok. <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for doing this again. Mm. <laughs>